Welcome to the Henry and Brendan Show. Role play. That may be one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Yeah. It's just doing uploaded. I'm excited. Probably say. Give us your money. I don't care what other people do. It's awful. Never do that bad. <laughs> well, okay, so I just I, I just find you fascinating, Chris, and I just would I find your life fascinating and um I've never I don't feel like I've ever uh sat down for a decent period of time and and actually listened to you just talk about it and your perspective on it and so i just have some questions um in a little bit maybe deeper more philosophical type questions to discuss today um but if you don't feel comfortable answering some of them that's totally fine um i can't think off the top of my head of anything i wouldn't be comfortable answering yeah that's kind of why i wanted you on um I'm a very expressive, out there introvert, you know. Okay, talk to me about that. Um, I don't really feel a need to socialize that much. Um, so I kind of introvert. It's like, yeah, oh, I don't want to go to the club. I don't want to hang out with a bunch of people today. As soon as I find somebody I want to hang out with, it's like I will give you my life story. Sit down, and I will regale you the tale <laughs> of how I worked for three days straight at Chick Fil A. <laughs> no sleep. Sleep is for the weak, uh, and everybody above supervisor. Okay, so you you um, yeah, you've always kind of been kind of gregarious as long as I've known you. I haven't really been a very shy speaker. Um, and I'm wondering, yeah. just so we can just jump right into it. Um, do you feel like that has led you into the topic of today, which is your polyamorous relationship dynamics, and has that maybe been a contributing factor? Has that talk to me about that part? Um, what I learned about podcasting is like, this is really interesting. This sounds like something I might want to do. What do I want to talk about? And narrowing that down to like one thing. Um, kind of been hard because my, I like, I like knowing about everything, talking about everything. Hey man, you can just go if that's what you want to do. Um. You know, maybe this will be it. Maybe it'll be like, yeah, I want more of this, and I find some drive. Yeah, why don't why don't you uh, why don't you give us a, a rundown of just a quick summary of Chris's life and and how you ended up in polyamory? Walk us through that story. So, um, was born at a young age, next to nothing in Maine. Um, born at a young so- age. <laughs> Like I said, next to nothing. Like, I came out barely a minute old. Um, (laughs) uh, I was born in Maine. I saw, like, ten minutes of this because I was a military family. So, you know, Navy was like, oh, Chris's mom, great job. You gave birth. We need you in uh, Connecticut and then Spain. And then, so we moved around a lot as I was growing up. Hmm. Um... And we got out of the military. We lived in Texas for a short time before we moved up to Colorado. Um, had a relatively normal life. Parents got divorced, got a stepdad, got friends, moved to got, got moved to a different school, got rid of friends, got new friends. Did that like two or three times. Okay. It's it might be hard for younger people to explain, but like cell phones were rare back then. Hmm. keeping in contact with people was a lot of effort true like landline phone calls and trying to meet up at the mall and not being sure exactly where they were or if they were even in the mall I used to use Yahoo instant messenger is how I communicated to people so yeah you old kids I get it yeah I'm so old um Listen here, you little whippersnapper. <laughs> I'm experienced, not old. Okay. Do you think that? Um, do you think that moving around a lot and having to form these new relationships over and over and over again maybe be a contributing factor to your your comfortable, like how comfortable you are with polyamory, right? Because you're moving 
around reforming these relationships with new people all of the time. I'm just interested to know. Can we quickly define polyamory? Just yeah, for anyone give us your definition. Up to this point that doesn't know what it means. Right, we should do that so people don't get confused and start thinking about, isn't that like where there's multidimensional hexagons? Because uh, sadly, not that scientific. Uh, so polyamory means multiple love. Go for like the strict definition of it. Uh, it's where you can have multiple romantic relationships with people. Um, so you can have like two girl, somebody who has two girlfriends that are fine, and everybody's okay with it. They're not just being a player. <laughs> okay. Right, okay. and vice versa. Those two girlfriends can have their own boyfriends or girlfriends uh, that may or may not be attached to you at all, depending on the relationship dynamic. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So then, yeah, continue off of Brendan's question. Do you think moving around contributed to your comfort levels? Um, I definitely know in part it does um, contribute to where I don't feel so, like, solidly attached Hmm. So, like, using, like, I don't want to lessen the relationships, but it's just like, oh, the relationship has ended. I got used to that in elementary school. Mm -hmm. Um, the elementary school, best friends, we were close as possible. And then, you know, Army or Navy said we need to move, so we moved. It just, it happens. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, definitely, it seems to be a major part. Um, so, my f introduction to Polly is uh, Barbara, my current wife. <laughs> what uh, current wife? She wasn't my wife at the time. Okay, maybe I phrased it wrong. Okay. But uh, my my girlfriend back then, wife now. Got it. Um. Yeah, was talking about all these interesting things she wanted to try. Like and what? just what things? Uh, well, I don't know how uh, censored I need to be for your stuff, but Not sex things. I really don't. Sex know. things. BDSM. Okay, good to know. Um, BDSM. Did I want to try being bi? Should she want? Just. Like, how far can we explore our sexual thing before we get old and too tired to do this? So you, you, um, you felt like she was a, a, like, the primary force in, in driving this sexual exploration, expansion. Right, well... She was the catalyst. Thought, right, she she's a catalyst. She brought up all this stuff. She made me think about it. She's uh, the wind in your sails. She was the wind in my sails. Um, pushing me down this stream of alternative lifestyle. Um, how so, open? Yeah. How open were you to it at first when you started? When we started dating, um, we were we didn't think about it at the time, but we were actually kind of open. Um, we had this other friend uh, whose name I can't say. He didn't get back to me quick enough. So let's say Smithy Smith. Okay. Um, and we were just really close with Smithy Smith. Uh, we hung out at his place, um, exchanged stories. We um, we would talk stuff. Um, there was an idea that he could get a girlfriend and we'd swap. Uh, that never panned out. Okay. Um, but like everything short of an open of a poly relationship with him. Got it. Um, and between me and Smithy Smith, we were just friends. Barbara was a little bit more interested in him. Okay, she was really interested in him. Um, yeah. Also, he was he brought a great awakening into just like how. So, at the time, I thought of things like group sex as being the most extreme, hardcore, out there stuff out there. Uh -huh. And he's like, oh, dude, that's nothing. I have the Mr. Hands video. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, sorry. The young man may not know what this was. No, we uh, need to go down that road. Okay, so there is some censorship here. 
I think that okay. I think that the general population is better not better off not knowing about that. I believe that fully, but I had to learn about it. So, okay, so third party uh, comes in, Smithy Smith, and he, Smith. you guys create a, a friendship. How did you meet Smithy Smith? Uh, we all went to high school together. Okay. Um. And so, did this start in high school? Yeah, this started in high school. Got it. Okay. Okay. Um, Barbara and Smithy Smith were intimate. Uh, me and him hung out, talked. Um, you know, just good friends. Um, are you still friends with uh, Smithy Smith? Uh, no. I I've not seen him in like over a decade. Uh, what happened there? So when Barbara went off to the Navy. Um, that connection just kind of wasn't there. We both kind of, like, over the summer, um, because she went into the Navy right after she graduated. Uh, over the summer, I went to Montana to, uh, do some work with my stepdad. He stayed here, we came back, and, like, that friendship connection just wasn't there as much. Sure. We'd casually talk, but we never really hung out or anything. But the doors had been opened. So you guys... The doors had... Right. Doors had been opened. Um, I had not thought about it at the time, but yeah, that could... That was like just short of being a poly relationship. Uh, then, Barbara came back from the Navy. Uh, we'd broken up while she was out there, but we rekindled. We fell back in love. Okay. Um, and we were living together in downtown Colorado Springs. And one day, I'm just driving the bus, reading a book, and this really cute wait, girl wait, sitting wait, behind. Wait, 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 wait! <laughs> Back up. Driving the bus. Sorry, riding the bus. Okay, I just want to okay. make sure you're not right driving a bus around Colorado while you're reading a book, and just feel like maybe you shouldn't do these things at the same time. <laughs> times were different back then, but yeah. But so I'm sorry. I'm riding the bus. Uh, I'm reading a book. And this really cute girl behind me is just like, oh my god, what are you reading? And that is when I met, um, like, the first actual, the girl who started the first actual, op or not open, but poly relationship. So walk, um, how did that, how do you, so how do you go from riding the bus, reading a book, meeting a person, to then bringing that person into your polyamorous circle? Like, how does that, how does that work? Uh, well, I will tell you this grand story then. So, so stoked. So, uh, it was a it was summer. It was hot. She asked me about the book. I told her about it. We just started talking, conversation, talking about fantasy books, D and D, um, nice. life, dreams, aspirations, what was on TV that week. Um, we hung out. We started walking around. Uh, Barbara and I were living together at the point, so contacted Barbara. It's like, hey, I just met this friend on the bus. And she, like, come over. Like, we can all hang out. I think you'll get along. Um, and we just started talk. And the three of us started talking. It was really good. It started getting really hot because this was summer. And we tried to <laughs> keep it. You know, it's just like, you know, we're, we're mature adults here. It is super hot. We have no air conditioning in this building. Do you mind if I take my shirt off? Sure, no problem. Do you mind if I take my shirt off? No, I don't. Wow. And yeah. Sounds like a D and D D and D campaign gone gone awry. Sounds like a porno. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so wow, really. So so at that uh, point you guys had been open already, or was this the first time that you guys had like this was the so first time, the first relationship, the first real one. The first real relationship. Uh we weren't even open at that period uh before we met her. Uh, we were just monogamous, having a lot of, you know, teenage sex and just like, yeah, we're going to be great someday. Yeah, we're going to be great someday. Okay. And we're broke. Yeah, we're broke. Referring Let's have more sex. We're going to be great someday referring to what? Just, um, life in general? How you, yeah, just like we're talking, like, you know, one day we'll be an actress. Yeah, I'll be a movie star. Okay. I'm wondering yeah. if you were talking about, okay, right. I got it. Um, 
just, just you know, young aspiration for greatness, no real plan. Okay. Uh, and then, yeah, the fact that it was just way too hot and we had alcohol just evolved into great sex. Um, so I'm and just we wondering, just wondering because this seems like it moved very quickly based on the story you're telling me. It was really quick. Like I, like even as they were undressing and eyeing me up, I was just like, man. I know I'm fantasizing. There's no way this could ever happen. If we could have group sex, that'd be great. <laughs> and then it happened, and I was just like, "Wow!" I just all I want to do is all I have to do is desire stuff to happen like this, and it happens. No effort. Okay, cool. I got this. Because you manifested it, is what you're saying. Exactly. My my casual desires turned into two beautiful women all over my body. Wow. And so, so is the is the drive for for this kind of relationship is it purely sexual or is there like a psychological romantic aspect that appeals to you about being in a relationship where you're less attached than the typical monogamous kind of commitment based thing? Does that make sense? Did I ask that in a way that made any kind of sense? Yeah, that made perfect sense. Um well, initially, it wasn't like, hey, like we're going to sex each other up, but do you want to date too? It was just like, let's sex each other up. And then it just evolved into a relationship to where it's like, you know, we like each other for reasons outside of sex, like conversations, cuddling, like taking long walks, um, pairing off, or all three of us walking around. It's really nice. And so for about six months to a year, we had this like three-part relationship, and I loved when you it. You say pairing off. You you're saying you'd go with Barbara, you'd go with this new girl, or they would go together. Yeah, they would go off together and do um, whatever they were doing. I wasn't watching. Okay. Um, sure. Whatever they or, were doing. Yeah. Oh, and or I would go, you know, go on a walk or go shopping with Barbara. Or I'd go on a walk or go shopping with Abby, or we'd go see a movie, and they'd be like, yeah, let's go see a movie. And then I'd be like, you know what? I don't want to see that. That's a chick flick. And they'd be like, fine. Goodbye. Okay. And then they'd go see the movie. Real quick, do I need to redact the name? Because you said her name just now. I just need to make sure. I uh, No. It would not be a problem. Okay, cool. I just want to make sure, because you've been saying the girl this whole time, and then you said her name. So I just want to make sure. That does, that does bring me to my next question is, is so obviously you chose to marry Barbara, your wife. Yes. Uh, what, how, what differentiated that intimacy between your now wife and this girlfriend? What, what specifically, how do you compartmentalize those things or do you compartmentalize those things? The difference um, between well the love for each. So I compartmentalize um, just for, to stay pragmatic about it. I've known Barbara for longer. We've been through more. We've grown closer. Um, and a lot of poly relationships will have what's called like a primary, which is like this is the main person you're with. This is like somebody you've been to longer, you feel closer with, um, or just something like that. It's like this is my main person. I am their main person. Sometimes it doesn't work that way. Sometimes it's like, she is my main person. I'm not her main person. That's just how I feel. And other people are like, no, we. I want to keep it open to where everyone is equal in my heart. Do you think, um, do you think that people are capable of that, though? Like, Do you think that, that people are capable of having similar or the same? I mean, obviously, objectively, that's just not possible. But do you think that people have the at least consistent levels of intimacy with each of the partners. I just feel like that seems very, very hard to believe. Yeah. I struggle to wrap my mind mean, around that concept here. I, I can maybe understand this idea of having like a main person or in your case, your wife being kind of your main, uh, like intimate relationship and having less intimate relationships or less serious relationships but i don't understand this angle of having it to where every relationship is getting the same treatment i just i think that even if that's the intention i just don't believe that that's actually how it comes across 
Um, well, yeah, social interaction does get very complicated, and you know we're not robots. We can't just like add equal point value to everybody that's on. You know that's connected. Right. Um, but there's a lot of people who try for that. Um, and there's a lot of people who will create like household rules. So even though you know because A and B are closer, you know, C is still treated as equal within the household. What do you mean by treated equal? Um, to where A and B still have to take C into consideration. C, like, C still has, like, an equal part of the fridge devoted to him. Okay. Just... Um, where he's like he's not considered like where you try where C is not considered like a side piece, but you actually try and make him part of the family. I'm interested to know yeah, why. You, I'm interested to know why you use the pronoun he for all of these. Well, I want to try and switch. I'm I'm trying to switch it up, not just keep saying like oh the third is always a woman, okay. um because you okay you can find households where it's one woman. Who's got her husband, her boyfriend, and uh, her friend with benefits, Different. and that's just how they all and they just work together perfectly that way. Um, it's not a male dominated. Are those dynamics still the same? Like friend with benefits and boyfriend? Are they, or is it all? These are my men, I guess. You know what I mean? Like in that kind of situation, I don't. How does well, that so, dynamic this, work? Is there there's a husband, there's a boyfriend, and there's still a friend with benefits in a polyamorous relationship? The friend with benefits one is the one that I'm confused about. So you're you're asking if like the friend with benefits would be equal to the boyfriend? Yeah, I guess. Um Well, so I just I just use some random phrasing. Okay. Um, cool. So if somebody were to phrasing, say I guess still exists in this So kind if of it's like story. I have a boyfriend and I have a friend with benefits, the friend with benefits would probably not be as close to the main person. Um that's the way I like to phrase it is wife, girlfriend, um friend with benefits, side hustle, hookup. Okay, so there's like a whole dominance hierarchy inside of this inside of my mind not not like the whole culture okay as i do so it in like a hierarchy thing culturally though in polyamorous culture is a friends with benefits still a thing um yes and is that in an open relationship culture more than a polyamorous culture so that will overlap um that's the bit so the only, the biggest difference between um open relationships and poly is open relationships where it's about sex, uh, not forming long relationships. Whereas Polly is like, yeah, I'm looking for a long relationship. I don't want you just for your body. I want you for your time and your thoughts. Um, so open relationships can't have like emotional intimacy. They can only be about having sex. Because I just, I just have a feeling like that's probably not the community standard on that verbiage but maybe i don't i mean i don't know i have no idea is there a well, community standard on verbiage or is it all based on your dynamic um that's a tough question so the community there's a lot of overlap between the two communities um and a lot of it is just kind of how people think it's not like it's an organized club with rules and standards by which to live by uh, it's a general thing, though, if you have an open relationship, it's about sex. And if you start forming, like, relationship bonds stronger than friendship with the people you're sleeping with, that just goes over to Polly. It's, like, if it's not about, if it's not about the sex, then it's not open, it's Polly. Just by the uh, gauging of social standards. Okay, so I imagine, I imagine there, surely there's not one, there's obviously not one specific thing. This is why I think this can be confusing to people is because you have a different standard or different expectations or different rules based off of every 
polyamorous couple you meet. And obviously those, the, the, the rules that overlap are always going to be those rules of, I mean, consent, right. Being the number one thing. And so maybe, you know, taking a different direction of the conversation, what, how do you guys, how do you guys approach this idea of consent in such a, uh, maybe sensitive area and, and do you have different levels of, of what consent is needed based on this hierarchy that you've established? Like, do you need to get permission for, uh, for, uh, friends with benefits or are you free to do whatever you want or what? Um, so are you talking about like my relationships? Yeah. With... Yours specifically. I know you can't speak to everyone else's. Right. Um, sadly, I am not the emperor of the polyamorous community of North America. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, sadly, I lost that vote. Great elections, you know. Big problem in this country. Okay. Maybe next, maybe next election, eh? Maybe. Um, so our specific relationship dynamic uh, is that... Barbara and I are open, okay. uh, but we need to tell each other about it. So it, in our relationship, uh, if I were to go out on a date or to have sex with somebody and not tell Barbara about it, I would be cheating because I'm keeping a secret for no reason. That makes sense. How do you guys define cheating in your relationship? Like, how do you define... Like, what level of romantic intimacy crosses a line into needing that verbal or, or consent from the other party? Um, well, it's sex or going out on a date. Um, we don't need permission from each other. Um, I'm trying to make sure I phrase this right and not get into trouble. We don't need permission, <laughs> but permission is very nice to get. And if she or I have something against that person, we can say, hey, no. Like, hey, you can't sleep with Jim. Jim stole my truck. He set fire to a cow. Um, just Jim <laughs> is a terrible person. Yeah, just Jim is a terrible person. I am not comfortable with him taking you out to the outback. Okay, um, got it. <laughs> And right, and vice versa, she could say, "Well, I don't want you going out with Jim. He's a terrible person." And I can just be like, "Yeah." So you get a veto. I agree. We can veto. Um, we try not, but we do not control each other. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then as relationship grows with somebody like, let's say we go with this metaphorical, we give Jim a chance. Turns out he's all that great. He didn't burn down a cow. It was just. A huge misunderstanding. Got it. Okay, so that, uh, that that maybe brings up the next question, which is what do you think some of these benefits are to polyamory? And what do you think the, the hurdles are? Like starting with like the benefits. What has changed for you? What has the game changer been for you in terms of your ability to form relationships or your ability to operate within relationships or just your relationship with your spouse specifically? Um, what, have they, what have been the the noticeable pluses to this lifestyle. So noticeable pluses are, um, you find somebody that you can connect with in ways you cannot connect with, with, um, your significant other. Um, for example, uh, someone whose name I can't give, but really good friend. She and I got along so well. Um, and just a lot of nerd stuff we connected with. that just doesn't really interest Barbara. Um, gaming, particularly Skyrim, uh, a friend and I just, we bonded so much over Skyrim that we were making jokes. She would tell her boyfriend, Hey, I'm going to go over to Chris's. He's going to give me a Skyrim job. <laughs> okay. I love Skyrim um, as well. And so my question, my question is. Why do you need to have the, the sexual intimacy 
to share that love of Skyrim because I've been listening to when I've I've been playing a lot of team fight tactics lately. And while I'm playing it, I'm listening to the Skyrim soundtrack. And my first game that I'm going to play when I get my setup uh, finished in my office is going to be Skyrim like again for the 500th time. And so I could talk to you all day about Skyrim and why I think Skyrim is the best. And I think we can make a whole podcast episode about Skyrim and why we love Skyrim because everyone here has shared that, that love. And so why do you need to have the sexual component for the love of something like Skyrim? So actually that's really good. You brought that up because I was trying to think of a way to do it without sounding too off. Um, we bonded a lot over that. We, we started dating. We had a lot of intimacy. We never had sex. There was kissing. There was cuddling. There was holding each other. There was talking to each other about stuff. Um, was no sex. Um, and then, you know, life got in the way. She had to move. So the relationship ended. Was there and, was there no sex because that wasn't something that you made a priority or was that you because when I'm when I'm talking to Skyrim about Hen, with talking about Skyrim to Henry, I'm never thinking about kissing him or cuddling him or 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 hugging him or whatever. I'm I'm sure? just talking about Skyrim, maybe in the smallest way, but you know I I'm just that's the point I'm like trying to understand because like I feel like I could have really good friends with a lot of different people but i i for me and and i think people should be able to live how they choose but for me i find that the 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 in the like sanctity of the monogamous structure of giving this thing that i don't give to anybody else elevates that experience in a way that I don't think I could have if I shared it with a bunch of people. And and that's just me personally. And so I'm just trying to understand like why does it what's the what's the need that's not being met uh with maybe one partner that you're going to multiple from and why can't this other person just be a friend and not a girlfriend is really kind of the question I'm asking. Uh well um she and I were friends for most of the time we hung out together and nothing more than friends. Um, and just her relationship with her boyfriend changed to the point where they were going to open up and she just turned to me and she's like, so I'm an open relationship right now. You should ask me out or not open, but a poly relationship right now. You should ask me out. Um, like Skyrim was not like a, a gateway into it. It's just something we had seriously connect over. Um, that my wife had zero interest in, and it's perfectly fine. She has, she doesn't have that much interest in gaming. Sure, that's just not her thing. Um, but it was, it was just something that she and I connected over. Um, that was not an option for Barbara, and that's one of the things I see as a huge benefit for Polly. Is you have somebody who is close to you that you can take out and do those things you want to do things that interest you and them, and you can have that close, intimate bonding over them. Um, where you're not forcing your significant other, or they're not forcing you to do things that you're just not really interested in. So you're saying that in a polyamorous situation like yours, any connection can be furthered into a romantic connection and in some cases it just should it just naturally develops that way because you're open to that is that what you're kind of getting at that friends become girlfriends when the relationship opens up regardless um, of sexual intimacy yeah it's sex is not necessarily a part of it it's just a really you know it's just a different way of having intimacy and connection to another person got it uh, and, you know, sex is really nice, but it's not, like, the driving point for most people. Okay. For me, though, it seems like fi- like physical intimacy is, like, the obvious point where things transition into a romantic relationship. I know that's not the only component, but my point is, is, like, look, I have a, a podcast with Henry. We talk every single day. We have a lot of the same shared interests. We do a lot of things together. They used to come over every weekend, and 
I, and even his wife would come over and I would say me and his wife are friends and my wife is friends with Henry. And there's a lot of these like shared interests and, and whatever. The thing that kind of separates that relationship is the ultimate desire. What? I said, I'm getting nervous. Where are you going with this? <laughs> my point is, is the separator between these things is like the, the ultimate, the end goal. Right. And so it's like, I'm, I'm struggling to understand how you can have this romantic relationship that doesn't have this end goal of physical intimacy in some capacity. It's any capacity because what makes a romantic relationship any different than a regular relationship without that component of, of physical intimacy. And I'm not and saying there I... isn't something, I just want to know what it is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, and that's what I was getting at is that any friend becomes a girlfriend or a boyfriend right. and you're open in this way and the other person is open in that way. It's, it's a hurdle that you no longer question. You've just removed that barrier. Physical intimacy just follows uh, mental and emotional connection. Well, and just one thing I do want to put out. Uh... I'm not trying to promote that Polly is open for everybody. Everybody should open their doors and take off their pants for all friends. <laughs> um, okay. Polly can be... Eloquent. Yeah. I, I try for a good prose at times. Um, it's not something that's for everybody, and it can make some friendships kind of fall apart. Because it just... You felt that connection, and... You guys did not connect right like that. Well, so yeah, let's let's segue into the that side, which is the potential downsides of having this polyamorous structure. Because, like you said, if if my relationship with a friend doesn't reach this level of physical intimacy, I'm not like, oh, well, therefore they're now out of my life. They're just a friend. I'm not. I'm not. I've never even made the consideration of like. Oh, well, because it didn't work out like you would with a, maybe a romantic relationship. Like you're adding a point of a, a sense of complexity that I just don't understand the need for it. Um, but beside the point, well, talk to me about maybe some of those downsides, some of the challenges and hurdles you come across in the polyamorous life. Um, so one of the downsides, uh, and this one will probably be kind of a surprise, jealousy. Um, because there's good jealousy and there's bad jealousy. Uh, good jealousy with the poly relationship is just like, man, you know, she's going out and she's doing this with him. Why can't we do that? And you'll get that motivation to be like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to go do this thing with her. Because I'm feeling a little jealous. Hold on. Hold on. I want to understand why that's good jealousy because to me that tells me that that was driven from a place of insecurity and not from a place of intimacy driven towards the person you're taking out like you're not doing it because of this romantic connection with this person you're doing it because you're insecure that another person is feeling that need and so you have this like you're now jumping into action because of your jealous insecurity with this other person i'm trying i'm really i want to understand how that's a good form of jealousy well, I mean, it's a good form of jealousy. Uh, it leads to a positive action of you, of the person who's feeling that, to try new things, try and form a stronger bond uh, with Outcome that over big person. Intention. Yeah, just like, you know what? Let me give this another try. Maybe I do like it. Okay, and you know, that could be good. Bad jealousy is where you're just sitting there like, you know, they're all up there having fun. Why can't we have fun? Why aren't we having more fun? And then not doing anything about it except um, just sitting in your sorrow. Complacency. There you go. Complacency. We had a whole, um, whole podcast episode about that, about all these things. I, I know. I watched it. Oh wow! Because I, I thought if I'm, yeah, I thought if I'm going to be on their podcast, I should know what it's about first. Uh, make sure I'm not falling into like some extremist type stuff, which I know you guys are just extreme moderates. I think that's maybe a good way to put it. I just want to understand. A new podcast. That's, okay. <laughs> that's I just right. want to understand. Okay, so talk to me about the bad jealousy then. So the bad jealousy, like I was saying, where you're just sitting there, you're still, and you're upset that they're out having fun. Um, they're having fun and with somebody else. They're um, 
they're doing this stuff. Um, and especially if you're having trouble finding somebody. Um, like, there's one point Barbara had a serious relationship with a guy. And I wasn't seeing anybody, and I got really jealous about that. It's just like, you know, she's got a boyfriend. Why can't I find a girlfriend? What's wrong with me? Why am I not pretty enough for all these girls? And that was bad jealousy. I turned into a dick for a while until they both sat me down. It's like, dude, you don't go to any of these meetups. You don't ask anybody out. You sit there, you game, and you complain. We're going to bring you to Voodoo Leatherworks, which great place. Everybody should go there for at least one of their events. Okay. okay. Noted. Yeah, so uh, I think you said at the very beginning, you said, surprisingly, jealousy is one of the downsides. That's, that's interesting to me, because that doesn't seem surprising to me at all. Neither to me. Well, I thought it might be surprising just... Um, you would think that people who are open to polyamorous relationships wouldn't feel jealous so we're, that they'd we're be able to have very monogamous people we're very open to the idea that people in multiple relationships are jealous okay well you are you are wiser I, than i thought and i apologize well yeah i think yep. i think that I'm saying i think that that's a pretty common hurdle that people think of when they think of this kind of relationship this and open relationships people's first thought is i'm far too jealous for that how could anyone not be jealous and I think that's the kind of like, yeah. one of the main questions out of the gate that you you probably hear it all the time. It is something that does get acted a lot um, when it comes out that I'm Polly, and it's like, aren't you jealous? And it's like a little bit, but you know, it's just something that happens. And is that people comfortable? Can... Are you comfortable with that amount of jealousy? Like even in that in that scenario where it became bad jealousy. Are you comfortable allowing that little tiny bit of jealousy in your life for all the benefits? Is everyone comfortable? Is that when you know you're not cut out for polyamory? Well, if you're not cut out for polyamory, then you shouldn't do it. You shouldn't be trying to, like, right. handle your jealousy so it doesn't become a problem. How do you know when that line is? How do you know where your line where you're just like, I am not cool with this at all? Right. Um, well, that requires some introspection. Um, and one of the big thing I'd say with that is like, okay, how bad do you feel that somebody else is on a date? Um, like your significant other's on a date with somebody else and they're going to have sex. Like that is the plan. How bad do you feel? And give that thought beforehand. Like, don't just be like, huh, I wonder how the date is going. Oh my god, I hate this. Do you feel mm. like Do you feel like polyamory, polyamory has strengthened your relationships? Um, it has. How? Um, I feel it's helped with, like, a lot of growth, moving out there, motivation, um, to go do things. Because, you know, when you're in a relationship with somebody else... You want to impress them. I'm sure you both remember it back to the beginning of your uh, monogamous relationships. Sure. You wanted to look good for her, didn't you? Still do. Yeah. Still yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. And so relationship, new person, you want to impress them a little bit. You're wanting to go out there. You want to break your comfort zone a little bit. Does some of that come out of competition of like... I wouldn't your, phrase it as competition... Your other person is being impressed by this third party do you continue to rise to that to that uh challenge because there's a third person in there and it's or is it purely based on the fact that you want to impress said third party as well you know i'm not sure of that one um okay. That's fine. I was just wondering if... It does, and it can also just bring out some relationship issues. Mm. Um, you know, you're willing to do this for her, why aren't you willing to do it for me? 
Yeah, that brings up another question I have, which is how do you deal with prioritization with these insecurities? Let's say that that you and Smithy Smith are both with your wife and Smithy Smith is jealous of how much time that you're spending with your wife. Does he sit on the back burner because he's, you know, lower on the hierarchy of whatever? Or like, how do you manage that? And do you take personal responsibility for the other people in your polyamorous relationship group? Uh, like, what level of, of, of responsibility do you take for Smithy Smith's problems? Well, it depends on the social dynamic that the three people have uh, created. Um, me and Smithy Smith were friends. So, you know, it's like, oh, my friend feels bad about this. Let me see what I can do to try and make this work a little bit better. Uh, kind of the same way if you just had three friends hanging out and that third friend is like, yeah, I got a problem with this. You know, you'd be like, okay, well, you know, let's, let's see what we can do about it. Or like, is it really a big deal? This seems really small to me. Do we need to do something about it? Um, and you know, Smithy Smith talking, if Smithy Smith had been something like that, it's like, you know, I'm jealous of you and Barbara, let's, what can we do about it? Um, and, Bar and in that scenario, Barbara and I just like, no, we like this how it is. Um, that might be a sign that, you know, Smithy Smith, that this isn't going to work for Smithy Smith. He might, he might need to adjust. We might, if we're not going to change, he might need to adjust or he might need yeah. to just be like, you know what? You guys are nice, but, uh, this isn't working for me. Okay. Uh, same, what kind of the same way with dating. If it's just like, you know, I really like this. I really like her, but this is a big problem. She won't change that problem. It's just not going to work out. Give me, give me some oh. like pragmatic or practical advice. Oh, go ahead. Henry. Oh, I was going to segue into the, Kind of like how the dynamic shifts when you become a parent. Is this something we're still talking about? Mm. Um, because you recently became a father. Is that correct? Congratulations. That is, yep. Uh, congratulations. A little more is than it, a year ago. Okay. So is it, it is your and Barbara's child or is it? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. It's biologically. It is you and Barbara. Yes. Biologically it was, um, how does a third party enter into that dynamic? Do they, or is it completely separate of the polyamorous part of your in your in your relationship specifically? Specifically for you. Okay, so this is something I feel that like we can all understand pretty well. Is the power dynamic in a relationship changes a lot when there's a child because that child becomes the priority. Right. Okay. Um, because they just need so much love and care twenty four seven. Uh, so there's that, and we, Barbara and I have both had to kind of pull back, uh, from dating and looking for significant others and stuff. Um, and we've only been doing it a year, so we do, I don't have, like, that much wise advice to say or anything like that. Um, but we've pulled back a lot. I have got, um, a great friend with benefits, Princess Felicia of Pueblo. That is how she told me. She wants to be referred so everyone can recognize her greatness, and she is fantastic. Okay, great. Um, and we occasionally hook up, hang out, um, you know, have a great time, see what happens. Okay, but there's, um, not, a, there's not currently a third-party significant other in your relationship. Um, there, Barbara Hat was going out. Um, relationship looked like it was going really well, but all of the stress of just having a kid got so much that she had to end that relationship, pull back. Okay. Um, Which is understandable. Yeah. Okay. I, w I was wondering, you know, kind of, what do you think that would look like if you were to have a significant other guy or girl enter into the relationship? Would they have to take on some of the responsibility of rearing the child how do you explain your relationship to that child yeah that's and, what I was wondering. and what do you expect out of significant others moving forward now that you have a child 
Um, well, if there had already been a strong relationship uh, before he was born, um, then that third party probably would have come on as something. Probably would have had to pull back a lot, too, because, you know, babies require so much. Okay. Um, trying to introduce somebody now is... I feel with Barbara's girlfriend, it went great. That woman had a great attitude, really uplifting. She was, like, doing all kinds of fun playing around with uh, our kid. Um, but we weren't trying to, like, put that much on her. It's like, oh, well, you're dating now. Now you have to babysit while we go shopping. Okay. Makes Got sense. It. Um, and then how do you broach that topic, say, in seven years when your kid is eight years old and mom and dad both have significant others that live in the house and have shared space in the fridge? How do you how do you plan on broaching that topic? Is it going to be a topic that remains? Or are you going to remain in this kind of polyamorous dynamic or is it something that. Was um, it a was it a lived out part of your relationship, and now you continue to just parent this child, or is it going to be a continuous thing that you now have to explain to your child? So, um, we both feel it's going to be continuous. Uh, just okay. right now, we've got to really prioritize our kid, and makes sense. Uh, we'll we're going to see how it goes, and it's possible that you know we just don't want to continue being poly later on possible i don't think so um the general explanation we would get this is you know we'll explain and we'll explain it deeper the older he gets like he at five he just asks you know why is um who is this guy who is just living here all of a sudden and be like oh well that's mommy's boyfriend you he doesn't really need to go deeper into those. We're not going to like sit him down and try and explain psychosocial relationship dynamics and intimacy and sex to a five year old. No, they don't get it. Yeah, exactly. they'll get so I'm bored and walk away. Uh, as we go along, we'll explain the deeper. We'll explain things deeper. Um, you kind of have to gauge it. I mean, as, as somebody who has kids myself, it's like you kind of have to gauge it based on the level of, of maturity that you feel like your child is at, which you know, can't be quantified to specifically an age. Um, I do wonder right. though, um, I do wonder it's, it's interesting. I'm thinking through this, this life of this child and how this child's life is going to go. And this is a, a, not a, a typical relationship structure. I think now, or especially when this child reaches middle school and high school, I mean, I genu I do believe this will be more common as time goes on. Um, it's simply based on the, the subjective experience I've had that I've, I've heard more about it over the last five years than the previous 20. Um, but, what levels of societal pressure have you felt and are you worried about any potential societal pressure that your child will feel? Um, well, I feel there's a good chance he's going to deal with, um, with bullying. Um, however, I feel like that's just something all kids deal with at some point and just, you know, little jerks making comments like your mom's a whore will have slightly different context of why they're saying that. Um, and unfortunately, society's changed where you can't punch somebody in the face for calling your mom a whore. Um, very sad. I'd like to see things go back to that old way a little bit. I probably agree, but continue. Yeah. Um... He'll lead with that. He'll probably lead with some questions that he doesn't know how to answer. Um, and he will probably come to us with these questions. Stuff like, well, how is your dad not cheating? How is your dad not cheating? Like, and, you explain, know, to, explain that to me like I'm 10. Well, because your mom's okay with it. It's not cheating. It's only cheating if you're breaking rules. If the rules say it's okay, then you're not breaking a rule, right? Yeah, I probably agree with that, Dad. <laughs> no, Thank no, you, son. No. I'm proud of you. 
Let's stop now before it gets deeper. Oh man. Okay. Um. Yeah. You just quick things like that, and you know, there's probably going to be some people who are upset about it. There's, I personally, I've run into very few people who are upset about it. Um. But most of my friend group, uh, whether they're conservative or liberal, they do try and keep a friendly, open mind. As we all should. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, and in general, if they're not comfortable with it, they generally stop asking questions, don't bring it up, and I appreciate and respect that. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly not for everybody. I do think that people should... Um... I mean, open mind is kind of irrelevant. People should respect other people. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think, uh, wh where do you think that this, do you think polyamory is growing? Do you think it's, how's that from the inside? I mean, I can only use my radar of what I hear, but what do you, for somebody who's actually in that community, uh, even if it's just the Colorado Springs community, what do you think that that's, do you think that's growing? Do you think it's shrinking do you think it's changing like what how's that dynamic um so uh i've not been to many events uh just large gather i don't really like large gatherings of people that much it's like it's really it's loud it's bright i can't really hear what people are saying yeah i understand um but so the community, it seems like it has like really grown and then it'll get smaller and then it'll grow again. Uh, there's constantly people coming in and it could be that they just like, ah, oh, this is great. Or they think it's great. And it's like, oh, it's not for me. Um, or they find their two or three significant others and they're just like, okay, we're good. And they step back. Um, it's growing. It's changing. I feel there's a lot more people coming into it, giving it a try because they're learning about it. And yeah, for some people, it's like, yep, yeah, this is great. This is what I want. And for others, it's like, this is not what I want. Mm. Um, it's one of those things where like your initial thoughts about it could be really positive. And then you find out how it actually works and it's not that great. You know, the first thought of like, you mean I could have like six girlfriends? I could have my own anime harem just lined up? Sounds really great. And then you find out that those are people who... Yeah, and then you actually find out they're relationship people. dynamics. They're people. They're not... They're not, like, two-dimensional anime figures, and they actually want something for you other than you just stand there and be desired. Mm. Um, yeah, sadly, we everybody has free will, so you don't get what you want all the oh. time. Okay, it's it's well, one of those great things we all have to learn. That's that a topic note. maybe for another episode. Uh, but right. just clo closing closing stuff here. What's one tip that you have in terms of uh, maybe a positive? What's something that a polyamorous couple could do to improve the relationship? One uh, and one then negative. one negative. What's something that you think people should be wary of or cautious of in when approaching polyamory? Um, when approaching polyamory, I'd say first thing is not think about um, how great it would be if you got what you wanted. Take a minute and think about something like your significant other has found that intimate somebody and you haven't. How do you feel? If that feels like it's too much, then poly's probably not for you because there will be points where you know your significant other has found somebody. And maybe you're alone. Maybe you haven't found somebody that close. Um, positive advice I would give to people in a, who are doing a poly relationship, communicate and communicate honestly. Like, don't try and hide your feelings. Like, if you're like, man, I'm jealous. This weekend is just us. Say that. Don't try and be, like, politically correct or diplomatic about it. Just be like... I need some time with you. Um, and the negative one is also trying to keep that to yourself and bottling it all up. Like I said earlier, where I needed to be sit down and told like, dude, you just sit there and whining. Go ask somebody out. Don't be a loser. Right. I think that's great. Communicate and communicate honestly. I love that. I think that's yeah, probably just good advice for any relationship, to be honest. 
To be fair, it's like pretty. Yeah, it's it's a universal thing for any. Yeah, like you said, any relationship, poly, monogamous, friendship, work. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe even warfare. It would make it better. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll talk about that next time. Okay. Cool. Thanks for coming on, Chris. We appreciate yeah, your appreciate perspective. It, hey, no problem. It was fun. You guys take care. We got to figure out an outro, dude. One, two, This podcast was produced by Obsessed Media, hosted by Brendan Shoemaker and Henry Young. If you'd like to hear more from us, suggest a topic, or support us in any way, our link tree is in the description down below. Have a great one.